Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Randy, we, we always, you know, we always come across people. Uh, we meet people every day, right? In in our business, in your world, in my world, um, whether it's vendors, whether it's our employees, new employees, new leaders. Um, and I came across a quote that I thought was worth us talking about today because it's so easy to let those people just walk by us and not have not take any heed, you know, just hi, hi, you walk on by, right? Mm -hmm. But so many times in what we do, if you take a minute to pause, whether it's a corrective action with the leader, whether you're getting insight from your boss, whether you're talking with a peer, if you really, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason and don't miss the opportunity to grow from that experience and to really observe what was said, how it was said, and and what you can do with it. The quote was, there's a purpose for everyone you meet. So people, some people come into your life to test you, some to teach you, some to use you, and some to bring out the very best in you. And when I saw that and sent it to you, and I was like, we got to talk about this because it is so easy. I, I don't, I can't, I've had so many countless conversations with employees that will come to the office or that I see in a difficult situation and you just take the time to try to, to impact them. Right. Um, maybe I can help them. Maybe I can uh, help them through whatever they're going through, shed light on it, provide encouragement. But at the same time, don't miss the opportunity for those right in front of us that might also be trying to help me, right? When I met you, I could have shut down and made it completely ineffective, not trusted, not allowed you to see in me when you would challenge me, not take heed, believe that you were just blowing smoke, right? a lot of hot air, and then I'm going to be done in five months and I can get out of this, right? right? Mm -hmm. But- in my situation, I chose to actually listen to you when you were challenging me because I felt you had my best interest at heart. And I think in that situation, you've got to look at what's around you and you can benefit from everybody, good or bad. How many leaders have, you know, I've had a leader in the past from a leadership perspective was terrible. From a knowledge perspective was exceptional. Right. So you can still grow from those around you, even if they aren't exactly what you would want them to be. Mm-hmm. Everybody can lend something to someone. And it's seeing that. And I'm sure you've had that in your career. Yeah. I mean, and it depends on what you're looking for. You know, I mean, we live in a world, sadly, where so many people are just, we're, we're looking for the bad. We're looking for the negative. It's easy. I get it. It just jumps out kind of like a sore thumb. You know, I mean, we've long heard that analogy of the kid who comes home with a a report card 
And there's a whole bunch of A's, but then there's this C or this D. And what do the parents do? Well, straight to the D, right? Yeah. I mean, this. What's going we, on with the D? Yeah, we gotta we gotta correct. We have to correct this thing. Um, and and I I get it. I I just I think for too many people that's just a way of life. Unfortunately, um, you know, to go to the negative. I was sitting with a city manager uh, the other day, and we were talking about the impact of social media on sig every i don't care how big or small the city is uh every, every every leadership team in city management has some concerns about social media in their community and i made a comment to him about i do this podcast about a community over in hot springs village arkansas completely unrelated but part of the impetus for that was paying attention to the people that really had this negative just constant griping and moaning and complaining and i just for grins and giggles decided well i'm going to kind of track this it turns out that there were no more than eight people now they're vocal as all get out but eight people this is a community of about 15 16,000 people you know and you, you start thinking in those terms and he made a similar comment about the community where he's at that oh yeah that it's it's a really it's a really small number but to the point of this quote of, okay, well, what, what can we learn there? I mean, do you, do you let eight people, 30 people, whatever the number is, you know, drive you as a city? No, uh, no, you don't want to do that. You still have to manage it. But I look at those people and I think about this quote and I think what they're missing out, you know, and I don't want to be that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to miss out. One of the first things that I thought of when I saw the quote was just, and we've done a show about humanity. And I think this quote really speaks to it. There's a purpose for everyone you meet. Some people come into your life to test you, some to teach you, some to use you, and some to bring out the very best in you. I think for me, the, 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 the crux of it is it's up to you. It's up to you what that is. Yeah. Every, every one of those has a lesson that can be learned, but you have to choose to see it. There's the rub. I think there's the rub. I was reminded of a, of a CEO meeting. So picture a picture, a conference room with 10 or 12 CEOs. And you know, they're kind of arms folded. I mean, right. These are, these are all, and they all happen to be men. And these are all type a kind of personalities. Uh, in part because of the positions that they hold. And you can just, you can just read a room and you can just tell if you could read their minds, their, their minds are probably saying something like, I ain't sharing nothing, right? I ain't giving up nothing. I'm revealing nothing, you know, and this is a group that that's kind of, that was kind of the purpose. It was a long time ago. And one brave soul decides to He's not breaking the ice, but he's got a real serious life problem that had nothing to do with work. And he starts getting pretty emotional. And you could just see, you could just see everybody. You could just see everybody just melt. You know, it all just melted away. All the resistance, all the, all the armor, you know, all the masking up. And those kind of moments are pretty fascinating. And I'm fortunate that I get to see those either in groups or one-on-one -on -one with people. 
I mean, to your point of what you could have done in your, in our relationship, especially early on, you know, before you really, you really kind of knew me, you were the kind of person and this is true for me. And I don't know if it's true for everybody. It's just my experience because nearly all of my work is involved in helping high performers, which makes sense. If you think about it, no city has has ever given me a PO, um, they're just not going to make an investment in a bad player. You know, they make, make an investment in a player that they, you know, they're, they're, they got some questions about, but most often I am the guy who's come in because a high performer is stuck or a high performer, the city management just thinks, man, you know, it, we want to invest and help them get, five percent you know if you take an a player and you you help them become five percent better you got something you take a c player and you bring them up to a b minus player it's still not where you want them to be no you don't you you haven't you really haven't moved the needle the needle much um i'm blessed in that there's only been one exception in my entire coaching career um, where it has gone differently than where it went with you. And I get it. I understand it. You know, the arms folded, the, I'm not going to share anything kind of a thing that, that kind of resistance. And we can choose that. And of course, you know, me well enough to know, I couldn't help but think of that instance when I read this quote, because I'm like, I mean, what a missed opportunity, mm-hmm. what a missed opportunity you know, city management makes an investment in me, makes an investment in this person. And we had a, we had a brilliant opportunity to really m- move a needle and there was rejection and it happens. It happens. Thankfully it, it ha- doesn't happen to me very often because it was, it was soul crushing for me. So I think about it, not to hijack the conversation, but I think about it from both angles. I think about it from our perspective of the people that we meet. And then I think about it from the perspective of which one of those do we want to be for the people that meet us? That's right. And it it comes down to these, these conversations um, of what we've talked about in our leadership recipe. It will be a missed opportunity unless you have humility, unless you believe because for the listeners, you are in charge of you. You choose how you're going to receive input, good, bad, or ugly, and then what you're going to do with it to make a change, right? Ultimately, I mean, it's not just about hearing it. And we've talked and talked and talked about this. It's not just about listening to these podcasts. It's not just about going to a conference and getting knowledge. It's not just about receiving discipline, hearing it, and signing it. It's about what's next. What do you do with the information received to make you, them, us, we better. Because if you take no action, it's for naught. If you do nothing with what you've heard, with what somebody shared, with what somebody's teaching you, with mentorship opportunities, with coaching, or with discipline, where somebody's trying to correct something you've done, if you take it and you decide it's not me, it's them, shame on you. Because those individuals have also taken a risk to share with you what they think you can do better 
you have to choose whether you actually want to do better and put something into place to do better. Because we all, with humility, you know, I, I can't, I the only thing I can think to share is parents. For those of you parent that are parents, our jobs are much like parenting. Um, whether you're a parent to a dog, whether you're a parent to a child, you are trying to teach and instill a certain behavior in them that makes them better than they are today, right? Make them better humans, make them better dogs. Um, and those things, when when I parented and still are parenting today with young adults, the challenge before you um, is what are they going to do with it? What are they going to do with what you have taught them to become better? And it, it is about receiving it. We try to teach them. We try to help them learn and see things differently. But ultimately, to become better, it is up to them. It is up to you, right? If you choose yeah. to do nothing, you've you've gained nothing. I mean, my question is always, why not? When I talk to employees, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that I, I've just sworn to do and, and probably any of my employees could tell you this or others that I've tried to help even in different departments is if they've, if they've been handed discipline, if we're trying to correct something, they're usually very upset. And I usually give it a little bit of time. And then I call them back in and say, how are you doing? And it's almost always, well, I was upset. I'm very upset. And then I say, well, what, you know, they have your best interest at heart. It may not feel like that, but what are you going to choose to do with it? Because really you can only become better by listening. Like I was saying with parenting, I always told the kids, it is not the delivery, it's the message. We may have been upset and sharing it. It may not have been delivered well. The message may have been through anger, through love, whatever it is. We aren't perfect. We are human. That's right. But listen to the message and not the delivery. And then decide, what am I going to do with that? Because the response to adversity is what will show your true character, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's your response to it. If you choose, it's not me, it's them. You might as well hang out your coat and walk out the door. I mean, it's, you're not going to get better and that the supervisor is not going to be satisfied with. The but change. don't you think for leadership and even, even, even if you're not even talking leadership, but especially leadership, don't you think that leadership, that the intent matters i mean my my personal convictions are based on my experiences and insight is as leaders we don't we're not going to get it right we're not we're our responses aren't always going to be on point uh we're going to we we may show we may show anger at an inappropriate time or something but it seems to me that leadership when people know that that the leaders has the best intentions there's a lot of there's a lot of grace given mostly in my experience right now if we don't know if we're not sure what the intentions are you know you 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 came at me with the assumption because i told you i made commitments to you i made promises i made vows to you that that this was how it was going to go in our relationship even though we had no prior history um and you took me at my word. And so, you know, I felt like you, you gave me grace as virtually every client does, by the way. Um, 
because they believe my intentions. Well, and you had I, to I don't get up. I don't get everything I don't get everything right either. It's not like I mean I'm not some potentate. I'm not some you know I'm not some guru. I, I don't have all the answers. I, I've got really good questions, and you, you've you've been on the receiving end of of those. I mean that's for me that's the process. But as I look at this, I mean, were you? I don't know. Was there any specific thing in your life that came to mind as as you? when you first read this? Well, for, for me, and I've, I've talked about it, don't mean to rehash it for those that have been listening to all our shows, but for me, the challenge was when we had turnover at the top and Cheryl became my new leader. I had had, I had had the same DCM mm-hmm. for 23 years, 23 years. I knew the city Big manager sense. for since 1999, you know, I had had that man. I knew the communication methods. I knew when I presented how and what worked, it was a well-oiled machine. And then we had complete turnover at the top. We've talked about that. Brand new personalities, different work styles, not bad, but different. different. Now, Mm -hmm. I could have chosen, this is a great point. I could have chosen, oh my God, this new leadership team, completely different. This is horrible. This is whatever it is. Mm Mm-hmm. But it wasn't horrible because of my perspective. I knew it is just different. And I, as as I taught, we had directors that just called. I'd been here a long time. and were like, what's your take on the change? You know what? And it wasn't bad. It was just everybody when there's change, it is hard. Change is hard. I don't care if you say no, change is great. It is hard. That's right. It is not bad. It is hard. And I said, you know what? The only thing help make us successful as a team is to adapt now and i always put it from what i'm doing i never tell people what to do i said my choice and this is how i phrased it because i had three different leaders call me and i said my choice is i am observing listening and interacting with them as much as possible so i can understand what is it that makes you tick what is it you need from me now not the past is the past. I don't care what was done in the past and I wasn't going to rehash. Well, this is what we've done. That doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. You know, it's what do you need from me now? What do you, how can, and I, my question over and over, how can I serve you? <laughs> how can I serve you? And so when I would ask those questions and it was up, out and down and the same thing to the directors, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. They're like, I just don't know. You know, I just don't know what to do. I don't know. This is, this is hard. It's completely different than so-and-so that has led us. And I said, well, they are gone. This is a new day. We must adapt or you can choose to leave. Those are your two options because anything else is not going to work. If you choose to resist, not going to work. If you choose to dig in and do it the way it's always been done, not going to work. So to our, 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 um, quote, some people come into your life to test you and some to teach you. And I chose both. So when yeah. Cheryl became my boss and and I was trying to understand her and she's trying to understand me, I had to be, I call it brave. You know, you had to be brave and get, and when, when there was something that rubbed me wrong, mm-hmm. I simply just went back to her. Right. I said, this is how I, this is how that, when you made this statement, this is what it means to me. 
And thank goodness she has humility too, because as we were dialoguing, she's like, oh my gosh, that is not my, that was not my intent. Right. But I, in, in her words, I need to be more careful of how I come across because I'm very strong sometimes. I mean, so that is not showing weakness. That's showing validity of self. Yep. I am self-aware and I need to be watchful because I don't want that perception to be gained. Much like I didn't want her to feel like I wasn't re- being responsive. But out of respect for one another, and you've heard me say this before, we didn't. I didn't go out and tell everybody else what she was doing. Right. I didn't go down and tell my staff, oh, my gosh, Cheryl and I aren't getting along, because that wasn't the case. We had a moment of clarity, but it was through respect of each other, through dialogue of understanding. You and I have talked about this. You must seek understanding through knowledge, with humility, with curiosity and asking questions, all of those key things led to an amazing relationship now, but it takes time. Working with Steve as our new city manager, trying to understand what drives him. I had worked with him as a peer, but he's in a completely new role that's no longer police chief. Right. I had to put myself in his shoes. What must he be going through? Trying to navigate that role with counsel, with a new team with new leadership, with trying to achieve his goals for the city. And those are things that I think we all must do. And Cheryl has taught me so much and you have taught me so much, uh, but I had to be willing to be taught. And, and I'm telling you, Randy, in my career, so many people that are in these situations focus on self. What about me? This is how I feel. Right. And the focus is not on others. It's on how did it impact me? And I'm going to react to that. And you can, but boy, you better choose your reaction and choose it careful because you can either be taught or, or you can learn some really hard lessons fast and be miserable. Well, I think one, you know, one thing that leaps to my mind is, and it, it, it is self-serving, but it's not selfish. Because in your, in your story that you just told, you made up your mind, okay, which one of these people do you want to be? I mean, there's a purpose for not only everybody that you meet, but there's a purpose for the people that meet you. Mm-hmm. So you got new leadership that comes into your life. And do you want to be an employee working for a city, uh, a new, new city leadership, a new boss? Do you want to be a person in their life who tests them? Well, you didn't. Do you want to be a person who teaches them? Well, you were willing just through your illustration of your conversations with Cheryl. Do you want to be a person, you know, that they look at? Well, she's using us. No. And the bottom one absolutely fits you. You know, somebody that brings out the best in us. I know your city leadership well enough to know that that's how they view you. But that's not, that didn't just happen. That's not right. just an accident. That's intentional and purposeful on your part. And isn't it amazing that kind of what you put out in the world, you get back. Right. It's kind of funny how that works, right? I mean, it's kind of funny how the people that want to get on social media and they want to burn their community to the ground, you know, those few people, like I mentioned earlier, everywhere they look, that's what they see. Right. Where other people see all the great things and see the beauty and see whatever else positive is happening in the community. It's kind of funny. That's what they see because that's what they're looking for. 
Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so interesting because it really, the choice on uh, this particular quote is just so powerful. Uh, and I know you will post it for the listeners, but I really encourage the listeners to just have a quiet moment and really think about this because so often the choice is, well, I, that the, they relay this to, I'm going to test people. I'm going to teach people. I'm going to bring out the best in people, which is great. But don't forget to be humble enough that you also need to be taught. You also need to be corrected and learn from it. And you can become better. And I had a recent conversation, you know, uh, I do these things called walk the talks and we just do them once a month with my leadership team. And then I create videos around those and post them for even the listeners can go out we don't have a lot of them. There's probably 10 or 12 and I'm developing maybe one a month. Um, we post them on YouTube and it, the intent is that you can watch these with a small group and then moderate them. Right. And you, you can, it has the questions posed in there and you have a small group and you can actually kind of just go through the questions um, with that group and hopefully an environment of trust and respect and have really good, honest dialogue. And, and as I was talking to uh, my leadership team on this particular one, we talked about, you know, when you, when you, uh, are challenged, um, whether it's corrective behavior, I said, you know, it's, it's not about just the action. It's not about just showing what we need to do. Um, when we are working with our employees, that's really not the message here. The message is I call it the reach. You have to find a way to reach them, not worry about what you see and what you want done. It's finding a way to communicate in a way that they want it for themselves. And that's what's hard. We can tell all day long. I can tell you what I want. I can tell you I can say, Randy, I want you to be a better coach. I want you to not challenge me anymore. <laughs> I want you to not, I want you to quit role playing. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, mm -hmm. but, but that's not good. The reach is understanding why Randy is doing that for me. Why are you doing it for me? And what can I gain from it? And to really think about that and choose choose to become better, choose to put words into action on, okay, now, now what? And, you know, we've talked about, and we'll do, I'm sure other shows, culture shift. We were just talking about this before we got on here. Changing a culture, if you are new to your organization, newer, if you are a new leader amongst the team, we have some new directors here at the city that just got promoted. Changing a culture observing your group and making an impact, man, that takes time. That is not something you do overnight because for the first six months to a year, you should be observing, you should be watchful, you should be seeing how they respond and how they react, and you are figuring out a path. How do I serve them? How do I serve them? And not only serve them, how do I serve them well? Because you know my theory, you can serve up, down, and out. It's not just people beneath you. That's right. I can serve my peers and I can serve my boss. And through gaining trust and through understanding what their goals are and their, their objectives are, and you are aligning with those in a way that you can help, but also supporting their initiatives that you might not even agree with initially, you can find ways to serve them. And then 
start influencing and showing them what you've got and what you can do. And through that mutual respect starts getting interchanged. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that takes time here. We're, uh, I think a year in as of October, this past October with Steve and his new leadership role. And I'm seeing our, our relationship even develop. Steve is our city manager for those that are new listeners. Cheryl is my deputy city manager, my boss. Um, and I have learned over the course of the year through choice to see what makes them tick. And I am better able to serve them now to the point they're even asking for, okay, here's what I plan to do. Do you see any gaps? And that, that takes courage, man. You know, mm-hmm. there's some city managers that may never ask their staff what they need. And there's city managers that do. And I'm fortunate to be in a group. They come for it. They said, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And I challenge, if I see a challenge, I challenge them. I'm like, well, you know, that, that could work, but what about this? And they're like, oh my, yeah, that's, that's great feedback. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But and don't you think that things- solicitation is, is born out of you? You've made up your mind that you want to do your very best to serve and to bring out the best in them because you've got trust, you've got psychological safety, that that's exactly what they want for you too. Yeah. I mean, this is a mutual benefit kind of a thing. Yeah. But for the listeners, that doesn't come from one or two conversations. This has been a year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A year of very watchful, very strategic me really taking a look at Lisa. I mean, me really taking a look at me. Thank goodness I've got you and a husband who are not afraid to challenge me and go, but wait, why, why are you doing that? Tell me your thinking. Yeah, but I would point out something else. I'd point out something else too. It was, it was, and and not to sell leadership, you know, Grand Prairie's leadership short because there's no reason to sell them short, but you didn't wait for them. You took ownership, you took ownership and you decided, well, I know what I can do. And so many times, you know, we want to wait for the, uh, listen, husbands and wives do it. Mm-hmm. Rhonda and I do it. You and Don do it. You know, we, we play these idiotic games. Thankfully, as time goes by, hopefully we play them less and less. We don't have the energy to keep doing that. Well, yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to make the first move, right? I mean, I'm going to wait to... And you didn't do that. No. Which I think is another lesson in in this quote about whatever purpose we want to serve for other people and whatever purpose we want them to serve. I was thinking, you know, this hopeless insomnia that I've got, I go down these little, (laughs) these YouTube rabbit, rabbit holes every now and again. And here's the recent thing. The recent thing, or there's a number of guys out there and they go and they befriend these homeless people out on the street. Mm-hmm. or just anybody guy goes to a gas station. He's like, he goes to somebody on, on another pump. And he said, and can, can you spare a dollar? I just, I need a dollar's worth of gas. And uh, you know, I promise I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to get it back to you, you know, and most people just nah, you know, and some people just dog cuss the guy. Mm-hmm. And the first person that gives him a dollar, he gives them the dollar back. And he says, listen, I'm just trying to bless somebody today. And I, I had made up my mind. I was going to bless the first kind person and you don't know me, but you were willing to give me a dollar or five or whatever. 
So here, I want you to take your dollar back and he'll give him a handwritten note of some word of encouragement and maybe $500 or something. But it's amazing how many people you have to go through before somebody is even open to that. Mm -hmm. uh, they go into a Walmart or some store and he does the same kind of a thing. And I thought about that when I read this quote too, of the people that have no clue what they've just passed up. I mean, if they would have given the guy a dollar, they would have gotten 500. And in some cases he gives them a thousand bucks, but you know, it's like now nah, get out of here. There was one in particular I saw last night, just last night. He goes up to a guy who's emptying some trash or something. And he says, Hey, have you got a minute? And the guy just F bombs him. And I mean, just as, and he's, he's, he's a, he's a jogger. And he says, Hey, have you got a minute? And the guy, that's all he says. Have you got a minute? Well, he's already got a handwritten note and he's got $500. He's got a stack of, they look like ones. I mean, it was a fat stack, but it was 500 bucks and it's a handwritten note. And there's a camera, the guy's shooting the guy that he gives this to. So the guy, he says, well, here, I just want to give you this hands it to him and takes off jogging again, goes around the corner. So the camera's on the man, he opens it and he just completely breaks down and he goes jogging around the corner trying to catch the guy doesn't catch the guy comes back and he's pounding on the brick wall, you know, because now he feels like an idiot because he's been horrible to this man who just gave him a note saying, you know, I hope you have a good day. You know, remember you matter, whatever, something of that ilk and 500 bucks. I don't, I know this. I don't know anything about sailing, but I've been told and I believe it. You know, sailors don't learn how to sail on tranquil seas. They learn how to sail when the seas are rough. And the lessons that I've learned, everybody that I know will articulate the same thing. The lessons that they've learned came during challenging times. Mm -hmm. We love the tranquil seas and we need the tranquil seas, but we don't need the seas to be tranquil all the time. We need them when we need them. We need some respite. And that's why life is peaks and valleys. It's peaks and valleys. You need some storms too to grow. Yes, you do. Well, otherwise you don't know how to handle them. That's you right. Know? I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day about learning to scuba dive and, and learning in a pool. And it's like, well, I mean, how long do you want to scuba dive in a pool? I mean, at some point you want to get out there, right? I yeah. mean, you want to get in the ocean. You want to get in a big, bigger body of water and do it. And I get that that can be really scary when you've just been in this really pristine pool where you can see everything. But what about if you're in murky water and you can't see your hand in front of your face, you right. know, that, that would terrify me. I don't want to scuba dive though, but that's right. You know, yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, I don't know this, this quote was just pretty powerful because I think it's so easy in life as we're, as we're in the season where, you know, we're currently in the holiday season as this records. Um, it may be different when people are actually listening to it, but this is our last episode, by the way, this is episode year. 37. This is our last episode of the year. 37 of these. That's amazing. It is amazing. 37 well, weeks. Yeah. And so as, as we're barely into this though, that's right. Gosh, we got serious, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. We got serious about doing a podcast, but, um, yeah. December 28th publication date, December 28th. So well, what next, a great so time. The next time people see us will be January the 4th. And what a great time when we're talking about taking action, man, to figure out 
instead of, you know, instead of weight loss, what a great new year's resolution is to take action on something to change you. Yeah, because you know you're not going to lose the weight anyway, no. but you can We're do gonna that. We're going to give up on that in three weeks when there's another holiday <laughs> that we need to eat at. <laughs> exactly. It's the worst time of year to make that proclamation, you know, when we got all this food facing us. Yeah, but but bottom line is, you know, um, it's so easy in in as we go through this, whether you're the employee, the leader, you know, it, it really doesn't matter your role. It can be in life, personally or professionally you have you have to choose what you're going to do with what you receive and what's in front of you you have to choose to be different and better or keep doing what you've been doing and 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 not challenge yourself to become better than you are today and i think that's the whole purpose of this because it is so easy when somebody challenges and stretches you regardless of how it was communicated think about what they're trying to achieve what they're telling you you need to do I need to be a higher performer. I need to be more attention to detail. I need to be a better leader. It doesn't matter the message. I mean, it doesn't matter the delivery. It it matters the message because you, if you just sit and think about it and have enough humility to say, you know what? They really want me to become better and I want to become better. I don't want to be in this situation forever. I want to be my best version that people see. And I think that instead of placing judgment and then dismissing, dismissing around you, the circumstances that it's everybody else and not you, there's, there's no way that you'll become better unless you have humility to say, you know what, I can do better and, and recognize that, recognize the test, recognize the reach. And try to reach back, try to reach how you can figure out how to reach them instead of judging them for what they said. How can you reach them and reach yourself and become a better version of you? Yeah, my parting shot for the year would be the the game in in my my world. The game is owning it. The game is accepting full responsibility for your life. Why not? And if you want to argue with me, use the contact form over at the page at growgreat.com. And I'm, I'm happy to engage. Might even be happy to have you on here. If you could, if you can give me a valid argument or any, any valid arguments for why we shouldn't do that. Yeah. Why not? For why it's a better route to take, to blame other people. Well, I got a new boss and I don't like them and they're not like the old boss and they're doing things different and I don't like that. Okay. I mean, you can do that. You can go through life being a victim. I just don't see any profit in that. And it's not about blame. It's not about guilt. It's about, to your point, what's next? What am I going to do with this? Which one of these people do I want to be? Oh, and here's a news bulletin. You you can't be, you can't be all of those things. If you want to be the person who brings out the best in others and you want others to bring out the best in you, then you can't be somebody who uses people. You can't be somebody who coerces people. You can't be somebody who manipulates people. You can't be somebody who's, who's a tyrant. And it doesn't matter if you're a leader or not, but if you are a leader, man, shame on you. If you're a tyrant, but I'll, I'll end with this point. Cause I, I told a leader yesterday, I studied a man named Harold Janine. 
you can Google him. Harold Janine, back in the day, he ran ITT. ITT was the world's first conglomerate. Companies, you know, they got into an industry and they were known for that industry. But ITT was the first kind of global conglomerate where under the umbrella of ITT, there was, they were in this area and they were in this arena and that arena. And he was a financial brainiac, but he was a tyrant. I got kind of fascinated by him because tyranny kind of always fascinated me because I had worked for tyrants and I knew I didn't want to be a tyrant, Mm -hmm. but I looked at him to the point of our quote today to think, okay, what can I learn? And Janine's been dead for a long, long time. This is a man who was known to reduce senior vice presidents to tears in public meetings and took pride in it. But I learned two really important things from this guy in studying his life. One was putting things on trial for their life. And that's a show that's worth doing. Maybe a few shows worth doing of putting things on trial for their life. Now I, I grew up running retailing companies. And so what I learned to do was put inventory on trial for its life, put systems and processes on trial for their life. Meaning can that withstand the test? Does this thing prove to be valuable or not? I mean, why are we doing it? Are we doing it just because we've always done it? What purpose does it serve? And the second thing, you know, that he taught me is he said, managers must manage. Now here at the podcast, growgreat.com, we've, we've defined leadership as a focus on others and doing for others what they can't do for themselves and in a word influence, but we lead people and we manage the work. And when Janine says managers must manage, I understood that to mean you just got to find a way you got to figure this out. And those are two really powerful lessons that I learned from a tyrant that I never met, but through a lot of reading, a man that I didn't want to emulate a man that I could have looked and said, well, this guy's got nothing to teach me. Those two lessons I have incorporated I've incorporated my entire professional life and they've been enormously powerful, helpful things, but I could have just closed my ears and closed my eyes and says, no, this guy, you kidding me? He reduces grown men to tears. I mean, I don't want to learn anything from a guy like this, but I would not have learned either one of those things from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Case in point. Well, and, and for me, it's, similar, but a little different for me. It's about these lessons in life, these finding people to test, teach you, reach you. Right. And you, the same for them, it becomes putting judgment aside and seeking understanding, listening to those around you. Um, and like I said, finding the reach, how do I reach them? How do I serve them? Rather than it's so easy for us to go, well, that's not the way I would have done it. Right. They, they can't see, I can see the path. They can't see the path. That's all judgment. That is not helping anybody because the focus is not on them. It's on you. It's what you want, not what they want. It must align. We have to align ourselves with what is the mission, whether we would do it differently or not really doesn't matter. What your job is, is okay. This is what they want. How do I reach them, teach them, serve them, 
so that we can not only get there, but I can lend a part of myself and what I can do really well to help them get where they want to go. It is all about others and not about us. Well, and how do you open yourself up to let them reach you? And it's, you and I've talked, I mean, it's all humility. It's all believing, you know, it's, it's the ability to believe that you are not the smartest person in the room and you can learn from others just as much as they can learn from you. But it has to be in a diplomatic, respectful way in order to get that reach or they are going to shut off. Yeah. Listen, I hope you've gotten something from our conversations this year. Uh, we're hoping to get better at this. Uh, I think we I think we are. We're trying. So we're glad for everybody who has who has joined us and who has stuck with us. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to end on my part, Lisa, you know, happy new year to everybody. Hope everybody's had a a great and a safe, a safe holiday. Um, and I'll end on a personal note, January 2nd, 2023, 45 years for my wife and I. Oh, good. Been together together since we, we were 18. So 45 years together. So yeah, we think about the people that matter to us and all that, and it's uh, there's an awful lot of time spent at work, but then there's these people that we've got that surround us that that kind of matter. So, And yeah. I think to the point of this quote, I think even in those relationships, I think you know part of our leadership, it transcends just the workplace. We've got leadership in every area of our life. So happy yeah. new year to everybody. I'll let happy you in the show. Happy new year. Same, same for me. Thank you for, for uh, listening to us and enjoying the journey with us. I mean, because I think we're all in this together and for each other's benefit. Um, I too have met so many people. We're building the house in Oklahoma. It is a go for those that knew I was just destroyed when it's halted. Uh, it has worked itself out. We're on our path and meeting amazing people up in Oklahoma. Everybody we touch perfect example. And I've talked about it yesterday to somebody just from builders to the concrete guy to the septic guy, just amazing people. And uh, we'll make Donna way. sooner. We'll make Donna sooner fan. No, he will never, <laughs> never. That is never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Much well. to the chagrin of his son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Lane, he will be a gator through and through. Yeah, but but uh, to to all have been listening. I hope your New Year's amazing. Um, take action be a better version of you and find the reach. Thanks for watching and listening to grow great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.